We give you all the praise. Lord, as we go into the Word, touch your children. May this Word be divided in such a way that every person hearing this Word receives manna from heaven today. A Word for you, each person, what you need. Father, by your Spirit, divide the Word today in such a way that each person will leave full, full, and having received from your presence. Lord, I pray that these words of my mouth and the meditations that you have given to me will be pleasing in your sight today. Use this word to shift us into a new dimension, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, Yeshua, the one who is coming, the bright morning star, be glorified this morning in the house, my King and my God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Won't you give the Lord a praise offering? Thank you. Thank you so much. Do we know how honored we are to have this worship team? Oh, we are so grateful for, to God. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. It's hard to, to get up and know how to stop that. And the right thing is just to carry on. So God is so good. I'm sure Pastor Ryan and Ronell's absence in the house is very evident. And I'm sure everybody is wondering what on earth is going on. So just to be transparent and honest, Pastor Ryan was ill. And after doing some tests, he was COVID positive. And then Pastor Ronell went down. Um, they are both doing better, both getting stronger. Praise God. It has been a journey. Let me say that the minute they announced the fast, all hell broke loose. <laughs> but don't you know that when the enemy comes in, like a flood, but I believe it says when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Amen. He doesn't bring the flood. The Lord brings the flood of his spirit in Jesus' name. So they send their love to you. They are zealous for the house of God. This has been the hardest thing, to have two weeks of fasting and prayer, and they're hearing the good stories, but they're not here. It has been torturous. But thank you for your prayers. They say thank you for, for your prayers. And they will be back on Sunday, Lord willing, full of fire and zeal for what God is doing. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. So the reading today comes uh, from 1 Kings chapter 20 and from verse 35. It says, Now a certain man of the sons of the prophets said to his neighbor, By the word of the Lord, strike me, please. And the man refused to strike him. Then he said to him, because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, surely as soon as you depart from me, a lion shall kill you. And as soon as he left him, a lion found him and killed him. And he found another man and said, strike me, please. So the man struck him, inflicting a wound. Then the prophet departed and waited for the king by the road and disguised himself with a bandage over his eyes. Now, as the king passed by, he cried out to the king and said, 
Your servant went out into the midst of the battle, and there a man came over and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man. If by any means he is missing, your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. While your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. Then the king of Israel said to him, So shall your judgment be. You yourself has, have decided it. And he hastened to take the bandage away from his eyes, and the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets. Then he said to him, Thus says the Lord, Because you have let slip out of your hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction, therefore your life shall go for his life and your people for his people. So the king of Israel went to his house sullen and displeased and came to Samaria. This message um, came to me at four o'clock in the morning on Thursday morning. Pastor Ryan was doing well. He was going to preach. He was preparing. I didn't know at four o'clock as I got up to pray and God began to download this message that I would be standing here today. It's a strange story. I mean, a real strange story. And um, this, it's actually quite a random story, but the prophet is asking for someone to strike him. And this man declines. I wouldn't want to strike a prophet either. But when the prophet said, when you leave me, a lion will kill you, guess what? I would have tied myself to the prophet. <laughs> hey? Let's think about it. Anyway, the next man, if you note, he says, strike me. He doesn't say by the word of the Lord. He didn't need encouragement. He saw the lion take the other guy out, I think. So he obeyed quickly. Amen? So what the Lord downloaded to me was, if you and I don't obey the voice of God, no matter how weird the instruction, God will find another man. Amen? If we don't seize the advantages or opportunities that God places in our way right now in the season, he will find somebody else to fulfill his function. God is going to complete what he is going to complete. And we do have a choice. We come alongside or we choose not to. Amen. It's quite a hard message, and I hope that you will not shoot the messenger because I'm only bringing what I believe God really laid on my heart, and I want to be accurate and deliver it as accurately as I can. Kirk said last week that not every generation hears, listens, or obeys. He went on to say that God is extending an open invitation to each one of us to work with him. And we get to choose. The question is, will you and I obey? Even when the instruction is weird. <laughs> okay. So the son of the prophet finds a second man who strikes him. And he injures him. And he bandages himself up. And now he feels qualified to go stand on the side of the road where he knows the king will be coming past. He got the king's attention because of wounding and then he delivers this hard message to the king. I want to say to you, we sometimes think it's our talents and our abilities that give us an opportunity to grow in the kingdom. I want to say I believe, and especially in the season that we've all come through, that it's in our wounding. It's in the striking. It's in the hard times that God starts to develop something so deep so deep that the mountaintops don't accomplish. 
Amen? If you just want to stay on the, on the mountaintops, you could very well lose your purpose. Embrace every scar, every wound, every striking that you may have received and ask God, what is it that you are preparing me for? Because it's not for yourself. It's for others, okay? We all want this stress-free life, but can I say your battle scars are your trophies of victory and they qualify you. They qualify you and me, amen? Maybe you say, but how and why? Well, D David said, when the enemy and when, when Goliath came, I have slayed the cub and the lion. And you, you uncircumcised Philistine, God will give you to me. Amen? So every battle that we go through builds a resilience in the, in the spiritual realm. So I say, open your arms wide. Open your arms wide for inflictions that come. What the Lord downloaded to me was that there are three kinds of strikings that we sometimes go through. The first is where God permits, and some religious spirits are going to say, mm, my God's a good God, and he doesn't operate like that. He's just a God of love. However, this prophet said to somebody, strike me. And he said, the word of the Lord says, strike me. Paul is an example. In Acts chapter 9, Ananias is told by God to go to Paul, who is blinded by God, not the devil, by God, arrested on the road to Damascus, where he was going to persecute the church. God struck him. Now he says to his prophet, to the man of God, go to him. And he goes with fear and trembling because remember, Paul was the persecutor to the church. He says, go and tell him of the many trials and sufferings he will have for my name's sake. So Paul's life was one of suffering. And what it, all of what we read in the New Testament almost is coming from brother Paul through suffering. He was the one who said, I take pleasure in infirmities, in distresses, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. So when we are being struck, you stand firm and you say, I take pleasure because God is building something inside of me that is bigger than the enemy thinks that he can throw at us. Amen. And God said, when he said, Lord, take the thorn out of my, my flesh, God said, no, my grace will be sufficient. Amen. So no matter what your trial looks like, God says, my grace will be sufficient. Amen. The second person as an example is Joseph. I want to quickly, we know the story. He's sold into slavery. But why? Because he had a dream. Did the dream come from himself? No, it came from God. And he saw his brothers bowing before him. And this angered them. And this sent him into exile. Sent him to a place of the dungeon and, and persecution. He's accused of an affair with Potiphar's wife. In jail. I'm sure he must have thought, what happened? <laughs> Has God given you dreams and you haven't seen them come to pass? And you think, you know, was I really dreaming a dream from God? Or was that just too much pizza last night? 
<laughs> but many years later, after going through many persecutions, God used that to make Joseph a type of savior where he would feed nations. And his family would come and bow before him. Amen. But what I want to take from the story is God knew from when he delivered the dream until it was fulfilled, that was God. That was not the enemy. It was not the brothers. They never orchestrated that. They were just tools in the hand of God. I want to say, beloved, I believe that we are going into times where we are going to face hard things under the hand of God. Because we are going to have to take this world by violence. We are going to have to fight. We are going to have to become desperate. And it's going to be desperate people who will be used in these days that we are living in. I believe that with all my heart. Yes, let's give God a praise offering. Amen. I want to say many people are living in fear with COVID and all that it's brought. But we need to take this scripture that says, You saw my substance yet unformed. And all my days were written in your book before there was one. We either live by that, because if we don't, we are in unbelief. If you think COVID or cancer or an accident or my circumstances are things that you can prevent from dying, you are then in unbelief that God has your days planned out for you. And at the appointed time, you will go home. And we cannot run from God. So I want to propose today that we live ready. (laughs) We live ready. We never know when we are going to face the angel of death. Amen. The second strike does come from the enemy. We know that the enemy goes to and fro in the courts of heaven before the Father, making accusation against the saints. And then it says, and he's looking to see whom he may devour. So in other words, he can't devour everyone, only those whom he may. So are you leaving a door open for him to devour? Question one. Question two could be, you're not leaving a door open. But he sees your destiny, he sees your purpose, he knows God is going to do great things in your life, and he brings things to us. Why? Because his whole agenda is to kill, steal, and destroy, and to steal your destiny that God has written before the beginning of time for you to do. So that's the second striking. But Job said, though he slay me, Yet will I serve him. And may we have that kind of passion. I don't care what it looks like. I will not be moved. My face, slap me here, slap me here. My face is on Jesus. My eyes are on him. Then the third strike is sometimes brought on by ourselves. And now the religious spirits and those proudful spirits are going to say, never. I'm humble and I'm proud of it. This comes from stubbornness, hardness of heart. Isaiah 57, verse 15 to 18 says, I dwell with him who has a contract and a humble heart. Why? To refresh him. That's what the word says. 
It says, yet I will not contend with his wayward ways or his backsliding ways of his heart. Then it says, however, I have seen his ways and I will heal him and I will lead him and I will refresh him and restore comfort to him. Amen. Beloved, I believe that God wants to dwell within our hearts. But stubbornness and um, not learning what it is that God wants from us can keep us from the promises. The Israelites were promised the promised land. But their stubbornness and their rebellion kept them 40 years. May we not be like that. And where does this condition start in the heart? Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord. And he is looking deep within at the condition of our heart. What is the condition of our heart? We can fool ourselves. We can fool our spouses. We sometimes fool our kids. Not always. They are your biggest critics. <laughs> but you cannot fool God. Amen? And God is looking for people who will obey, circumcise their hearts constantly, walk in obedience, have the reverential fear of God, hear and be an obedient people. It reminded me of the story of Naaman. We know the story. He's a great commander in the army of Syria for the king, but he's a leper. And his wife has a new handmaiden, and she says, tell my master to go to the prophet, for he will heal him. And we know the story. He goes, he goes to Elijah, but Elijah doesn't come to him. He sends his servant to the door and says, tell him to go dip seven times in the River Jordan. Now, the River Jordan was dirty, apparently. <laughs> he said there were better rivers to dip in, first of all. But look at what he says here, Naaman. He becomes offended and furious, and he says, saying, surely he should have come out and called on the name of the Lord and waved his hand over this place and healed the leprosy. Is that not how we are sometimes? We want to dictate to God how he's going to heal us, how he's going to shift us, what my future looks like, when my miracle will come, and if he doesn't do it, we become offended. Is that true? And that's a condition of the heart. Amen? So we know Naaman leaves in a rage, and the prophet tells, the, his servant comes and says, but if the prophet had told you to do something great, you would have done it. But now go dip in the river. So he obeys, and we know that he's healed. Sometimes we are told to do ridiculous things. But can we be more crazy and actually just comply and allow him to use us? You know, I, I said to Kirk, you must never say never to, to the Lord because then he kind of just puts you on. I said last week, I can never bring a word in two days like you did, which is what Kirk did last week. He got a message ready in two days. And God just, you know, delivers this. And it's a heavy burden because I don't want to miss anything, okay? I felt that the Lord was saying, I need to challenge our online viewers. <laughs> and I really try to back off from this one, but I don't want to be eaten by a lion, so I'm going to be obedient. <laughs> so our online viewers, those that are not in the house today, and many have got good reasons, and we want to honor that. But if you don't have a good reason, COVID tried to stop the assembling of the body of Christ. 
And we need to resist that spirit with all of our being. It's no longer okay to sit on your sofa and watch us as a consumer. It's not okay. And I didn't write the book, but the Word of God says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. Why? You say, but I'm doing no harm. I'm just sitting here and receiving, and I'm such a good little Christian. Your gifts cannot be used on your sofa. And the season that we are in, we are going to all have to put our shoulders to the grindstone and bring our gifts into the house. When you enter through that door, you bring a presence that nobody else can bring. Do you know that? When you raise up holy hands in the presence of God, you alone can bring that aroma to the presence of God. You bring something into the house. And when you don't come, you not only rob this body, you rob God. And I want to exhort you today, the house needs you. Come home. Come home in Jesus' name. Let's encourage them. Come home in Jesus' name. Just to finish off, I mean, if we left an arm or a leg behind, we wouldn't be a full body. <laughs> and it would look weird. We are all the body of Christ. And God says he is coming back to fetch his bride, the body of Christ, not disjointed, not here, there, and everywhere, a, a bride that is ready. And I don't want to be part of that group of five virgins that were unwise and did not have the wine in their lamp. Amen? Amen. So on that point, I want to bring my thoughts to a close. Some challenges that I felt the Lord is giving to our church. God is adding to our numbers week by week. I'm sure you see that God has been so good to us. There's growth, and with growth comes some kind of sacrifice. It comes with sacrifice. In the natural, we want to resist change, because I don't know about you, I like my little seat, and I don't want to give my seat up for some stranger who dares to come in here and sit in my seat. We do that. We are your holy cows. <laughs> But I want to say, if we are serious about that mandate, that we see a new breed of worshipers. Can I add here, on Friday night when the leaders were here praying, I had such a word for young Reynard. Are we not grateful for the psalmist in the house? We thank God. I said, we did not call you, and you did not offer to come. God has brought you, because that mandate, we need Worshippers, And I believe that Reinhard is a worshiper. He's, the Lord actually gave me the word a David in the house. And we are so grateful because it says that we are going to be a new breed of worshipers, creating atmospheres. That's why we need you to join us here for breakthrough in every strata of society. And it will restore lives and transform cities and nations. That is our mandate in this church. And I want to say, we can't do it on our own. We cannot do it on our own. God has added you for purpose. And I want to say, there are people, Kirk, first of all, I want to say this. Kirk ministered last week and he said that we need to build altars daily. And the altars were the reading of the word. Read the word, beloved. Meditate. Memorize. 
I did share, and I'm going to share not for the sake of bragging, because I want to exhort and encourage every person. If this old brain that doesn't remember yesterday, most days, can memorize, then anybody in the house can do that. When Robbie, before Robbie was in hospital, I began, I felt the Holy Spirit say, begin to memorize. And I reluctantly began, not knowing that he would be in ICU and that would become a war. And so within the first six weeks, 66 scriptures landed just like that. But now, nine months later, praise God, it's nine months on. I'm so grateful. The baby's about to be born, by the way. <laughs> the spiritual baby. But nine months later, 200 scriptures. By the grace of God, I'm so hungry for the word. I eat it, I sleep it, I wake up, I speak it, I meditate, I remind myself. We read it together. Robbie corrects me, I correct him. We meditate and we memorize. Beloved, the word of God needs to come in here. This is the time we need the word of God. The second thing was worship, which we do, but worship in your home. And then it was the altar, obviously praying, and then the altar of service. Just being available for the king. So when our leaders got together this Friday, I want to share a few words that were given. And how am I for time? Someone wrote, we are to behold him in his word and strive to become that image because as you look into the word you should become amen he will take us from one degree of glory to another through worship and we will stand in the gap gap for others in prayer and finally we are to serve in the house wherever possible to fulfill our mandate that's what somebody wrote in Romans 12, 1, which you said last week, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So how do I present my body as a living sacrifice? It's going to cost. It's always going to cost. It's an act of obedience a dying to self, which God sees and rewards. And I want to say there are people in this church that just show up. All of us show up. But there are those that show up from 7 o'clock, making sure that everything is perfect for the beloved. They serve. Let's thank God for our ushers, our children's church, our worship team. Those on camera, our media team, we applaud you. But I felt like the Lord wanted me to zero in and say that beyond that, there are people behind the scenes that are doing things without any recognition. One of them is Kirk's daughter, Jasmine, who saw a need in our junior youth, put up her hand, and in her matric year, she went and served. And he's now running a successful junior youth in our church. Unqualified, but willing. Amen? One of the people. The other one is Carol. I don't see Carol here today. But a retired lady who takes all your donations of clothes, washes them, sorts them. And in this back room, for our Love God, Love People initiative, everything's in ages and in men and women. Beautiful, like you walk into a shop. Hot room, 
doing it for the king, behind the scenes, nobody giving her recognition. We do, but I'm just saying, okay? Another person, my friend, Orient, who has brought up two orphan children, who said to me when Robbie was in hospital, God has told me and instructed me that I am to pray for our pastors and your family as my first priority. I can't tell you what that does to the Father's heart. There were times when we could not pray, but we had a prayer warrior before her own needs. She prays for our pastors. She phoned me before anybody knew that they were sick. She knew something was up. Tuned in to the spirit realm. So I want to say to another lady, Azuka, I don't see Azuka here either. But are you here, my darling? <laughs> I know she's not going to want this, but I want to honor because I want to say this is what church is all about. She saw a need in an impoverished area of children running around the streets. And she has made it her mission to pick them up and bring them to children's church. You probably see a car with like a dozen kids falling out of it on a Sunday. I don't even think it's legal, but she's doing it. And that ministry, there could be a, Jimmy, a, a new Billy Graham. I mean, there could be a great man of God or woman that she's bringing into this house. Faithful behind the scenes. Somebody needs to help her. We need somebody to drive the bus or the combi. So I'm saying we need hands, okay? So I want to rush on. Pastor Delian prophesied three months ago. The ministry will be called a house of mercy. There's a shift taking place. The, we are transitioning into a new season. He's bringing back to the, us to the original blueprint. Amen? A safe place, a mercy ministry, it will bring discomfort. But God says, obey. Just obey. We will feed the poor. We will see to the abandoned, the outcast, the unsaved will come in because of love. Because they will see love. And this will be birthed in the ministry of worship. Amen? So I want to say, that what God has instructed, for us to accomplish that, which is huge, we need people to first love this. This body that you call your church, this place where you get fed, God says, I need you now like never before. Don't say I'm too old. You can pray. Auntie Merle, She's not here this morning. She walked into this church, and she's an elderly lady. You know what she does? Every morning, she encourages me. And not only me, many people. She has the gift of encouragement. Brother Kevin, another encourager. We can all encourage. We can all pray. We can all go on our knees. We can serve. We need service. Beloved, if we are going to grow, we need people. Children's church, our children's church teachers through three years of pandemic have served, served, never in the house because they serve there. We need to grow that. You say, I don't know how to teach. Listen, I can't do children's church. So just by the way, I can't offer thee. It's not my gift. I love my children and my grandchildren, but not other people's kids. <laughs> so I'm not going to offer thee. But we need people that have a love for children. 
And if you don't know how, go and sit at their feet and learn. But this is the season. If we are going to go across the river and accomplish that mission, you need to be found so faithful, so busy in the house that God says, I see loyalty, I see faithfulness, I see steadfastness. I can trust you with cities and nations. I can trust you. I can trust you to go and make a difference. And so I want us to stand. Please. I want to say one more person that I want to honor in the house. Derek. He's in the background. He greets you at the front door. Very quiet, humble. But do you know what he does? I know you won't want me to say this, but I'm saying it. He mentors four different men one night of the week, every week. Does Bible study, prays with them, encourages them, discipling one man at a time. And I want to make a call on all our men today. Find a young person. Find a young person. Moms, grannies, find a young person, an older person. Let God lead you. Begin to mentor until you see them in the fullness of their gift. That they become all that God wants for them. Can we do that? The time of living for me and my family, maybe you love your family and you're a good father and a good mother and a good granny and a good sister and all that stuff. That's good. But you know what blesses God's heart? Is when we lay our lives down for the beloved. He loved this so much that he gave his son. When we are willing to sacrifice and give our lives, I think we will not be able to comprehend what God is going to do with that mission. I hear the word sacrifice, but right now I want you, before we are going to do a commissioning, and maybe you say, oh, this, this is manipulation. Call it what you like. God instructed me, and today there are five posts, two here, one there, one at the door and one at the back with some papers. We are going to begin to declare revival because that is the word I woke up with this morning. Obedience will bring revival. Obedience will bring revival. If you're not passionate about revival, woe to you. For we are living in the times where God wants to usher in His Son. But revival has to come. And it's going to come through you and through me and through you and you and you. And so there's a call today. We are going to spend just two or three minutes in prayer. I want you to call out revival until something births in you where you begin to believe that God can use you and me for what he wants to accomplish. And then by the Holy Spirit, I want you to, to go and write. I feel uh, there's a few boxes to tick. And if there's a box there, because I believe it as we pray right now and activate our faith, God's going to download ministries 
things in your heart that maybe have been lying dormant and now God's going to say, this is the time. And if it's not on that piece of paper, you write what you feel God is saying. Write down what the Spirit of God is saying and just activate. Be obedient today. Maybe you say, I don't know, but I'm, I'm putting my hand up. Okay? I'll be in touch with you. I'll help you. I'll lead you. But together, we are building kingdom in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, begin to pray, beloved. Begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Father, we speak revival. We declare revival. I speak revival over this body of believers. I speak revival over Malbarton, over Glen Vista, over Mayersdal, over Bessonia, over the south of Johannesburg. We speak revival. We call in from the north and the south and the east and the west. We call in the sons of God that will be revealed in the season. We call them in in Jesus' name. Call them in, beloved. Call them in. Become passionate about the revival. Say, Father, what is it that you have for me to do to usher in the presence of God in this season? We call in revival. Father, I pray for, uh, for all the continents of Africa. Ethiopia, we call you in Jesus' name. You shall live and you shall not die. We call in Uganda and we say, Arise, shine, for the Lord is upon you. We speak to Zimbabwe. We say, Come, Lord Jesus, let your light shine. Let the beloved of God arise. We speak to Malawi. We speak to Zambia, to Nigeria. Come and become all that God has purposed for you. Begin to thank God. Africa, Africa, Africa. We call in Africa. We call in Africa. Lord, move over our continent. Move over our continent. Africa. We call in Africa. Come into your purpose. In Jesus' name. Revive us, Lord. Revive our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Use us for your glory. Use us for your glory, Lord. Revive your, this nation, Lord. May we have the answers. May we have the answers. Lord, show us how. Show us how we can feed, how we can distribute, how we can say, Lord, let your passion become our passion. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I encourage you, go and fill in the forms. Be prayerful. Ask God, what is it that I can do, that only I can do, that can shift things? Even if you are serving, I believe God has got something more for you. Something more. A new ministry. Something. 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 I want to encourage a couple that joined us, Brother Atilio and Karen, who came to us about two months or three months ago. Walked through these doors. Missionaries to... Ethiopia but not waiting while the war is raging they are here planted willing to serve in whatever capacity we actually don't want them to go <laughs> but I want to say those of you that have been here no condemnation please beloved hear my heart my shepherd's heart the shepherd's heart we need you we need you. 
please, as Rani just leads us, I want people to prayerfully fill that in and come and drop it as an act of obedience. If we don't model to our children and our grandchildren and our wives and our husbands what this servanthood looks like, your children will find an idol out there. We model it. We don't tell them. We model this is servanthood. And they follow us. And then the reward. The Word of God says they that are planted in the house of God are like the cedars of Lebanon. They are not moved by any storm. The storms may come and the storms may go. But those that are planted in the house of the Lord will stand forever. That is the guarantee that we have from God. So please, as we just one or two songs of activation, prayerfully ask God, what is it that I must do? What is it that I need to put my hand up to help this body of believers accomplish that great mandate that we have? In Jesus' name, let's worship.